Whoa, whoa, whoa. Guys, 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 guys. I just spent five minutes trying to get this thing started. And I just realized I wasn't getting any audio on my headphones, which is usually a kind of a big problem for me because I like to be able to hear the return feed when I'm recording. And then I realized my headphones weren't plugged in. So I promise I've done this before. We're going to get better. This episode may be the worst episode I've ever done, but we're going to do it. So here we go. Welcome into another episode of the officially unofficial Roto Heat Guillotine League podcast. And as the weeks go on, we are faced with less and less options, not just for your fab on the waiver wire, but also for this show, for guests who are ready and willing to come on. Travis F., he went home this past week, reached out for comment, didn't hear back, couldn't be reached. So you guessed it, and this is getting old. I don't enjoy this. I'm not saying this is my favorite. It's time for another solo pod. Let's go. So we've seen the last of the Travis dynasties in the league. Travis G, Travis F, both go home, and Stebbs reigns supreme, still kicking. We're not here to talk about Stebbs. We're talking real quickly at the beginning here about the artist formerly known as Travis. As we said, couldn't be reached for comment and went home in what's just a nail-biter. Eight points separates him from Darcy. And at the end of the day, we are Travis-less as his team heads home. And if there was ever a week where you looked at somebody and you went, what was the guy supposed to do? Just got boned. This is kind of that week with Travis. Just going over guys on the bench. Anytime you lose by like less than 10 I think you end up looking at your bench to be like, where's that guy who blew up, who was on my bench, who I, I should have started, knucklehead moment, didn't do it, and that's what's going to haunt me. It's not really the case with Travis. I mean, let's look at that bench real quick. Miles Sanders, he's on IR, not an option. James Robinson, hurt, got injured the week before, didn't play, wasn't like he could start him. A.J. Green, COVID exposure, couldn't play him either. Sterling Shepard, Hurt, also not an option. Terry McLaurin, great breakout wide receiver, doing good things with not a lot in Washington. He's on bye this past week. Pat Fryermuth drops 21. And as we established, Travis went home because of about an eight-point difference. But let's just be frank. Let's just be honest here. You weren't starting Pat Fryermuth. It wasn't happening. You weren't doing that. Dan Arnold, who maybe isn't household name of tight ends, but he's been respectable this year. There's a lot of buzz around Dan Arnold, good or bad. And he dropped 11. He got double digits. So it's not like you got a complete wash at tight end. And I just don't know that you were going to roll the dice. So Travis, I feel your pain. I feel bad for you. You know, you went out and... You had guys. You had guys on that bench who could have contributed. In the end, you know, you just you just didn't get enough from some of the guys who you needed to really show up and carry that team. You know, you see CMC on that roster, and I think we instinctually think, well, 
that's the guy who you should have hoped to get more from and that that's ultimately what let you down, that you didn't get a crazy CMC week. He gave you 14. Aaron Jones gets five. And that's not Aaron Jones' fault. Let's be honest. That's that's Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers is in that game. That Kansas City defense has to approach that philosophy and that game plan totally different versus Jordan Love. I mean, if you're Kansas City, you're basically saying, we're going to make Jordan Love beat us, and Aaron Jones, you can basically just, you know, you, you can stick it. You're not going to have much. And he didn't. Didn't break six points. Tyler Boyd, you, you would think that Cleveland-Cincinnati would have been a spot where someone like Tyler Boyd could have put up big numbers. They were going to roll a lot of extra coverage towards Jamar Chase. You'd imagine, given the season that Joe Mixon had had so far, that they were going to make it a priority to stop him from getting going, and he didn't do too much, not right away. Was able to get some scores, you know, gets two touchdowns and has a good day, but he didn't dominate that game. You'd think that's an opportunity for Tyler Boyd to have a great day. Didn't end up happening, and Travis goes home. That's a shame. I will say both the Travises, class acts in this league, they've both been exactly what you want out of a league mate. Anthony Leone and either of the Travises, G, Travis G, Travis F, opposite sides of the coin from Anthony Leone. We would never see some of the antics from either of the Travises that our boy Anthony has tried to to pull so far this season. So, Travis, we wish you well. Wish we could have heard from you. And I will say open invitation to you, Travis. If down the line, maybe that message got lost, weeks got busy, and you just didn't have the time, if you find yourself with time a couple of weeks from now, give me a shout. Maybe I'll reach out again. We'll let you come on the show. We'll let you talk about what happened. You tell your side of this story, and we can figure out exactly what happened with all of that. So switching gears, I have two things to say, both of which should shock everyone. The first one is that we have a mailbag, right? We have a mailbag. This is like a mailbag episode. Just about halfway through the year, we're going to turn to the mailbag. I was just as shocked as you were that we had a mailbag. The only thing that shocks me more than having a mailbag is we have a sponsor for the mailbag. Like blowing my mind on a Wednesday with this kind of stuff. So... Mailbag is brought to you by Taco Bell. The prices have gone up, but your level of diarrhea will remain the same. That's the Taco Bell guarantee. Taco Bell, sponsor of the mailbag for today. So our first question in the mailbag comes from Tony from the Mighty West Side, and he asks, I'm looking to take advantage of some unaware owners. Owners currently have Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor. What's the worst offer I could start with? It's a dirtbag question, Tony. And I'm glad that you asked it because there's a lot of dirtbags out there. A lot of people who are, they're looking to take advantage from people who don't know better. They're looking to take advantage of desperation and ignorance and totally exploit the situation for their benefit. To come up with a phrase right at the top of my head, they want to stack the deck. So if you're looking to get studs like Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor by totally ripping somebody off, well... I'd recommend you come in with a fifth, maybe a fourth. Maybe you see if you can send them something to the likes of P.J. Walker, a fourth, and a conditional fifth for Alvin Kamara. That's what I'd say. You know, the fourth and the fifth alone, it looks bad, but when you throw in a real garbage pile addition like P.J. Walker, who isn't good, 
and is going to be walking into a bad situation and you shouldn't be spending a lot of fab on him, you know, that's the kind of crap that will really just tip that scale for you. And then you're not just getting your player, but you're really ripping him off to get the player. So a fourth, a fifth, and a P.J. Walker should get it done. If that doesn't, I'd see if there's a guy you can pick up off the waiver waiver wire, maybe a fullback who's designated as a running back, and add him to the deal to see if that sweetens the pot to get it done. So thanks for the question, Tony. Roberto O'Sullivan from Ireland, international listeners. Yes, we have international listeners listening to the show. Roberto says, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm thinking of starting a new league. What's some advice you can give to a soon-to-be commissioner? So I've never commissioned a league, and that is largely by choice. I've thought about it. I've never done it. Seeing the way some things have unfolded in this league, that makes me want to commission a league even less. So I can't necessarily tell you what you should do. Let me tell you something that you should not do, though. As And this is a number of years ago. This goes back a, a while. But there was a league that I played in that had some very unique rules. You know, I think most leagues that you play in have a couple of ways for you to acquire free agents. There's fab, like we see in our league here, where you have a fab amount, and periodically, throughout the week, you put in blind waivers, and whoever has bid the most money when waivers run, you acquire those players. There are also leagues that just have, they have a waiver period where you can make a claim, and that claim could be based on a waiver priority list, or that could be something that resets throughout the year depending on when waiver claims are used. And that's one way you can acquire players. And when it's not waivers, it's free agents, and you come and get them as you see fit after waivers have run each week. I once played in a league where it was not fab, and there were no waivers. There was no waiver period. And what that essentially meant was, after Monday Night Football would end, there would be a couple of hours where, and this was on ESPN, which maybe tells you all you need to know. So for a few hours, it would take some time for the week to finish for it to process, and for players to unlock and become available. But as I said, there are no waivers. So you're not putting in claims. So what that meant was, every Tuesday at approximately 3 a.m. in the morning, players from the previous week would unlock, and you would be able to pick them up at 3 o'clock in the morning. But there's no waivers. So what this meant was, People would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, wait for that time to roll over from 2.59 to 3, and then instantly try to hammer add free agent button. And I did this for weeks. I set an alarm for 2.45, 2.50, 2.55 in the morning. So I'd be sitting in my laptop, ready to go, trying to pick up that Ronald Jones acquisition some week because you're desperate for running back and you just need a guy and there are no waivers, so you can't put in a claim. It was the worst decision ever to run a league that way. So, Roberto, when you start your league, don't friggin' do that. You could literally do almost anything else, and it makes it impossible for it to be the worst league I've ever heard of. If everything else was awful, you could at least hang your hat on the fact that you had waivers. It's a pretty low bar to set. 
when you go, oh, well, our league sucks, and you go, why? Well, at least we have waivers. Hey, things suck, but at least we've got waivers, guys. So, thanks for the question, Roberto. Then we go to C. Rich from the Doomsday Bunker, and he writes, I think I accidentally joined a league full of jabronis. They're drafting really slow and don't seem to understand that we only have six weeks to finish this draft, and we need to kick it into high gear. What's the best way to motivate these schlubs? C. Rich, this is a common problem that we have, and that's people don't take drafting seriously, let's be honest. They draft too slow. They take their sweet time. I mean, we didn't institute a 12-hour draft clock for you to take 12 hours. That's ridiculous. We instituted a 12-hour draft clock so you could make your pick in the first three to five minutes. And if you don't understand that, then maybe you joined the wrong league, honestly. Honestly, if you're going to use the time that we give you to make your draft picks, because you might be on different time zones, because you might have different responsibilities— Well, that's a mark against you. Why would you use the time that we've stated in the rules you have the right to use and then make your pick in what's considered an orderly fashion because we said you had that amount of time? So that is ridiculous. The only way you can motivate them is clearly to threaten them. So I would start maybe with something small. Maybe you threaten just to alienate someone from trade talks. Maybe you up it to kicking them out of the league chat. You know, and if need be, you can get personal with it. It's okay to be personal and just, you know, take some take some shots at people. I find that that's the kind of... If you tell me I'm drafting too slow, I know I will certainly draft quicker because I know that that then becomes my top priority. So thanks, C-Rich. Last question we have on the pod today comes from Nate the Great from West Ham. And he says, what does it take to kick someone out of a league? Nate, again... Never been a commish, so I have never had to be the one that necessarily pulls the trigger. So I will tell you two stories, one which did not result in this person being kicked out, and one which did. The first one is from a fantasy basketball league, where my friend Casey one week just dropped all of his players. Redraft league, fantasy basketball, and one week he just dropped all of his players. And I guess I should recant a previous statement. I have been the commissioner of fantasy basketball leagues for the better part of a decade at this point. They're all redraft. They're no dynasty. So there's no draft picks involved. So it's one and done. One year, start fresh the next. And Casey thought, quote, I thought it would be interesting for the league and I thought it would inject some energy. And here's what I'd say. (laughs) It certainly does. It's not good energy. You know, it's in the same way that, you know, bringing a python into a daycare would certainly liven things up. It certainly does that, but not in the way you want. And so we didn't kick Casey out for that. He's been an awful owner every year, but he's a friend of ours who's related to a family member we're close to. So... He gets to join the league every year. So that's not the bar, though, Nate. That's not the bar. The real bar was, and again, dynasty fantasy football going a number of years back, and wait for it, on the ESPN platform. So if you've never played dynasty on ESPN, let me tell you the way it used to be run. And I'm not sure if they still do it this way, but it's how we kind of used to have to do it before ESPN 
pretended like they gave a crap about Dynasty. And what that was, was there was no real way to like track the draft order and draft picks and draft trades because ESPN wasn't really and still really isn't set up to do that in a meaningful way. So what we would have to do is we'd have to utilize the message board. So the message board on the ESPN fantasy platform would have in each of the leagues that we would be in, it would run, here's the thread for upcoming draft order. Here's the thread where you're going to post your draft picks to keep track of them. And here's the thread for future draft pick trading. So the commission could keep track of it there. So you'd go in and you would, if you're making a trade with someone, I would post who I was going to send to Sully's team. And then Sully would have to go in, confirm that he agrees to the terms of those trades, and then the commission would have to move those assets over. There was a guy in this league whose name was Matt. And I hated Matt largely because he and I had met in multiple league championships and we had split the first two and we were headed towards a third, most likely. So one afternoon, Matt goes on, says he has struck a trade with Derek. So Matt goes on to the message board. He posts his half of the trade. And then Derek needs to come on and needs to post that he accepts the trade and the assets get moved. Here's the only problem. There was no Derek. So when the trade was accepted, it was accepted by Matt. That might not seem like it makes a lot of sense, but why was it accepted by Matt? It was accepted by Matt because Matt was Derek. Matt was running two different accounts on ESPN managing both rosters, and making trades with himself. It's how he'd won the league. It's how he was going to be about to be in the championship three years in a row. And everyone could see it. Everyone saw that it was Matt, logged in as Matt, accepting the trade as Derek. He was confronted and gave a BS excuse and was kicked out about nine seconds later. Needless to say, and this may come as a shocker, That league did not last, and that league folded largely thanks to Derek. Matt, rather. So, Nate, what does it take? I guess I'd say playing on ESPN, um, knowing someone named Matt, or having someone who is a Matt slash Derek. That's what it takes. You have someone who's cheating like that, I don't even think you even confront them about it. You You just kick them out, and they're gone. So, best of luck with that, Nate. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another edition of the officially unofficial Roto Heat Guillotine League podcast. I want to reiterate this one last time. I don't enjoy doing this show solo. I would prefer to have people come on. If next week, whoever goes home doesn't want to come on, I will never force you. I will never be pushy about it. I'd prefer if I don't have to have the same people come on every week, but I would probably prefer that to me doing solo pods because I don't know that that's as interesting for you guys to listen to. So we'll see who goes home next week. They will be invited on the show. If they choose not to come on, you will probably be hearing from someone who you've heard from before unless, unless we dip our toe into that cool, cool water that is Stebs. Regardless, have a good week. 
set the rosters. I tried to set mine last week, forgetting I didn't have a team. Teardrop. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care.